This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, episode 156, part four, ladies and gentlemen, part four. And let's just, uh, let's jump to Glenda quickly. This is where Glenda comes in handy. Glenda, my sidekick. Let's ask Glenda uh, this quick question so we can clarify for these for you. Glenda, can you please explain exponential growth? And let's see if she comes back, folks, uh, with an answer here for us. Uh, a lot easier than me reading it to you. You know what I'm saying? It's always good to Exponential have a growth is a type of growth that occurs when the quantity or value of a quantity increases at a constant percentage rate over time. In other words, it is growth that gets faster and faster over time. In exponential growth, the rate of growth is proportional to the size of the quantity. This means that as the quantity increases, the rate of growth also increases. The formula for exponential growth is often written as A equals P, 1 plus R, caret N where A is the final amount, P is the initial amount, R is the growth rate, and N is the number of time periods. For example, if the growth rate is 10% per year, then the value of the quantity will increase by 10% each year. So, after one year, the quantity will be 1, 1 times the original amount, after two years, it will be 1, 1 by 1, 1 equals 1, 21 times the original amount, and so on. The growth is not linear, but rather accelerates as time goes on. Exponential growth is a common phenomenon in nature and in many areas of human activity, such as population growth, financial investments, and the spread of viral diseases. It is important to understand exponential growth in order to make predictions and decisions about the future, as well as to develop strategies to manage and control it when necessary. All right, folks, so there you go. Just basic understanding of exponential growth from uh, Glenda. Now, I see when, when it says a number like 1.1, she doesn't have the ability to say point, or at least the voice replicator that I have doesn't have that ability. So that's something we need to try to fine-tune because that's not Glenda's fault. Glenda, in the form of chat, GPT does not have the ability to speak. I connected something up to it. So my thing is Glenda. It's my Jarvis. All right. So I am Tony Stark, Iron Man, and uh, Glenda is my Jarvis. <laughs> we'll see if we can get a Jarvis voice. I think it'd be fantastic. All right. Let's continue with uh, techjury.net. Number six, 76% uh, of corporate data centers worry about data security. The number one concern in business is data security. Data centers providing storage services aren't exempt from it. Data security can put businesses at risk of unwanted data loss, corruption, and exposure. Yet for data centers, handling large amounts of information, security strategies can be time and money demanding. So 
We saw a little of that in the video we watched from Google eight years ago. And again, if the company gets hacked, they're talking about data loss, corruption, exposure, etc. That's generally going to be your information. So if Citibank or TD Bank or Chase or Wells Fargo or Bank of America or whatever is uh, housed in one of those uh, Google centers there and they get hacked, boom, that's how all your bank account information gets stolen. That is what happens in a digital technocratic world, ladies and gentlemen. All right, number seven, the data center industry overview reveals that 10% of global IT organizations will go serverless before 2023. All right, that's 10% of global IT organizations will go serverless. Here's one of the most revealing data center facts. One-tenth of organizations plan to go serverless by the end of 2022. The data center availability and speed of cloud services make the move toward a serverless infrastructure possible. Data centers are truly transforming business infrastructure. And what that means, folks, is that Hillary Clinton, having her server in her closet, she will not need to do that anymore because she could just put her server up in the cloud, meaning she's renting space from Amazon or Google or IBM. All right, and no longer has to have a physical server. So what I was telling you about with that company in Atlanta and having their server room down in the basement of that building, they could get rid of that. They could rent space from Amazon Web Services and run all their teleco-speaking content right through Amazon Web Services without having to have servers in their building. Right, And this is all concentrated under a handful of companies, really a half dozen to a dozen companies. I've covered that in the past on this show. They're the ones controlling all the information, all the data contained on the Internet and being collected by the Internet of Things umbrella. All right, it says here, global data center statistics. The following global stats reveal trends in growth, but in terms of location and eco-social aspects. Number eight, all right, the number of data centers in the world reaches almost 8,000. All right, it says the world has approximately 8,000 physical data centers as of 2022. Development projects are considered every day in a variety of locations all around the world. They have to put this brain you know, this heart everywhere they're going to run the technocratic prison planet scheme, all right? Yet environmental concerns and supply crisis could slow construction plans down in the future unless data centers find a solution to address their challenges. And we're going to get into some of this. Uh, this is part of what I'm going to discuss with some of the future guests. All right, are they running out of materials? Are they running out of supplies? Are they running out of land, running out of energy? How are they going to continue to do this? Because as we just discussed there with Glenda, as the uh, data being collected reaches this exponential growth, which it is, and the data centers, these warehouses are going to reach exponential growth and have to continue to expand to house the data, process the data, analyze the data. To run this technological world, you know, can it actually be done? Uh, number nine, the United States, Germany, United Kingdom, China, and Canada are the five countries with the largest data center number. The U.S. has 
2,701 data centers. The second country with the largest data center number is Germany with 487 centers. So they're not using the punch card system anymore in Germany, folks. They've moved to the data centers. Uh, Followed by the United Kingdom with 456, China with 443, and Canada with 328. So Germany has the second largest number of data centers, 487. The United States has 2,701. So we have six times, yeah, roughly six times, a little less than that, number of data centers uh, than Germany. And so there's a chart here. Uh, And so, you know, United States, Germany, United Kingdom, China, Canada has 328, Australia 287, Netherlands 281, France 264, Japan 207, Russia 172, Mexico 153, Brazil 150, India 138, Poland 136, Italy 131. Now, if you take Poland... You know, they got roughly 40 million people in 136 data centers. We have, let's say, roughly, uh, America's like supposed to be 350 to 400 million at this point. So let's say 10 times as many people as Poland. It should be 1,360 data centers. Well, we have double that. All right. So uh, there's more devices here and stuff as well. Though in Poland, where my uh, in-laws live in a very rural area, they've already been wired up with high-speed internet. So that's all part of the Smart Villages model that we covered here on this show. It says data center market growth, number 10. Global data center market revenue is expected to reach $342.1 billion by 2023, up from $321.37 billion in 2020. 22. The data center market was valued at 316.3 billion in 2021, up 6% from uh 298.3 billion in 2020. So you're seeing the growth. The more money being spent, that's because more data is being collected, housed, processed, and analyzed. It says the most significant investments in the market are expected to come from uh uh, co-location uh, co- service providers and hyperscale data centers. Number 11, global data center, uh, was it co-location market size is expected to reach 131.8 billion by 2030. The co-location data center market was valued at $57.2 billion in 2022 and is projected to grow at a CAGR of 14.2% by 2030. So you can see, you know, it's growing, it's getting bigger. Number 12, global hyperscale data center market size will reach $593 billion by 2030, up from $62 billion, $62 billion in 2021. So $62 billion to $593 billion in uh, nine years. So it says the market of hyperscale data center is predicted to grow with a CAGR of 28.52% from 2022 to 2030. Number 13, 
The United States data center market is expected to be valued at $117.5 billion in 2027, up from $99.97 billion in 2023, and that is a CAGR growth of 4.12% from 23 to 27. You see, it's, it's growing everywhere, folks. Uh, final one under this is number 14. The top five drivers of demand for data centers are remote work, digitization, digital technologies, OTT services, that's over the top, and uh, IoT, Internet of Things. It says the increasing data centers demand is driven by the current socioeconomic trends. Indeed, COVID-19 has marked the start of the remote work culture and the race for digitizing business processes see this is why i've told you covid19 covid land the high school theater production the great reset kicked us into the false industrial revolution uh, which will drive us into the false industrial era it says yet there are not the sole triggers uh, indeed, the development of hyper-specialist technologies for SMEs and industrial sectors also requires data center access. Households also play a huge role through the adoption of data-hungry technologies, including the Internet of Things and over-the-top services that deliver media content such as television via the Internet. And they have to keep the OTT going. The OTT is the modern-day circuses, folks, in the bread and circuses. So one of the things that freaked me out at the beginning of COVID Land, the high school theater production, is when jobs stopped, money stopped flowing, they sent kids home from school, and they closed all the live events and all the sporting events. And I said, this is it. They're going to kill us all because they turned off the bread and circuses. And when the uh, guys at the top, the elites, turn off the bread and circuses, you know you're in deep trouble. When they let the kiddies leave the public indoctrination centers, the schools, and go home, you know something bad is coming. Well, they're gearing it back up, and the bread now will come in the form of universal basic income. Uh, in the form of central bank digital currency. And the circuses are all the media, all the entertainment, everything you're allowed to access. That's why they allow people like Mike Moore and me to exist because in in a sense, we're providing entertainment. Uh, all of us are providing entertainment to each other. Uh, sadly, that's the way this whole system works at this point, folks. Uh, but I'm trying to do something with the time that you're giving me in your life, which is explaining this to you so you could figure out how the hell you're going to navigate it or just walk away from it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dust to Gold with the Dust to Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dust and Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, what we're going to do here, we're going to take a short little break from all of these statistics here because we got to get into data center market share. 
I want you to understand just how big this is. We're going to take a short break here. And we're going to take a look at this video called The Next Server Farms. And this is from seven years ago. So I'm going to break this up with some video because it's just a lot to take in. And uh, sometimes these folks, they can give you a little bit different insight than from me. So let's watch this video here. Again, The Next Server Farm. And this is from seven years ago. At first glance, the old barge docked at the Mare Island Naval Shipyard looks like it's just taking a breather on its slow journey to the scrapyard. But below deck, workers scoop out the barges insides. In just a couple of months, the old vessel should look a little something like this. Other companies have tried to build their own versions of this ship, and until now, all have failed. This is the world's first highly efficient, highly sustainable waterborne data center. Okay, so what they're doing here, folks, for those of you over on the uh, free side here over at Apple Podcast, they are on an old barge, you know, an old rusty barge that you would see uh, docked out in your local port. You know, if you live near the ocean or the Gulf or something. And so it's an old rusty barge. And then they're going to show you they're converting this into a data center. Now, I first came across this stuff uh, several years back doing some research with Marie Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast on Fridays. And I forget exactly. It might have been during the Las Vegas shooting. You remember that? that story that got buried and we were doing some research on some websites that were connected to some strange things that were occurring uh, with las vegas and if i remember correctly i could be wrong on this but if i'm digging down into my data set i'm pulling this back up i'm glenda for you right now i believe what happened was there was a security guard that was guarding the, uh, I think his name was Jesus Campos or something like that. He was the guard that was supposedly in the hallway that was shot outside of Stephen, Stephen Paddock's room. And um, Laura Loomer at the time, not a fan of hers, but Laura Loomer was down there on the ground. This is where she was sort of making a name for herself, streaming live on Twitter. And uh, there was a security officer outside of this guy's house. And so I was able to freeze frame that and I pulled a logo off his shirt. And I looked up the company uh, and found that it was located in this shady office building in Las Vegas. And so I started to look into the company and it seemed like it didn't exist, like it was some kind of a CIA front. And so it's just out of curiosity, I started looking at a lot of the other companies located inside that building at that address and there was a lot of these seemed to be shell companies and i started looking up to see if they had websites and then i was looking at ip addresses with the websites and that's where i found uh that they were located out of these uh they were these floating servers out in the middle of the ocean i didn't know what it was uh now it doesn't necessarily mean anything as far as that story goes because as i started to do research i learned that a number of companies uh godaddy and others were building these floating 
server farms, these floating data centers. And so these websites could have been registered with someone through GoDaddy or uh, registered through like an Amazon server that could be located out in the middle of the ocean. It didn't mean that that company had a floating data center. It just meant that this is where they housed their uh their website or their domain name or something. So anyway, that, this is how this came across my radar. Let's continue here. So they're the size of an airplane hangar or tiny closets tucked away in the basement. Data centers house rows and rows of disk arrays and routers, the building blocks of the internet that store and transmit our data. Every time you update your profile, every time you email your buddy, every time you binge watch your favorite show, Somewhere in a dark room in a building far away, lights flicker, servers whir, and the air conditioner roars. You are seeing the future, you're seeing the revolution, you're seeing the next generation. What makes this data center so special isn't just that it's in the ocean, but the fact that it will be cooled by the very water upon which it floats. So this is our heat exchange. The water is piped behind the server racks, absorbing heat five times more efficiently, says the company's CEO, than moving cold air. Now, now this is part of why I'm showing you this, because I'm showing you the, uh, we'll call it innovation, right? Innovation that these companies are using uh, to provide the services they need, right? So we're going to be talking about energy, electricity, water cooling, that they need to actually run these data centers, right? So are they going to have barges floating all over the ocean using this kind of model? There's a lot of stuff going on, folks. I can never understand it all. You can never understand it all. We could spend thousands of hours researching all the technology, but I'm trying to show you again the 40,000-foot view of how they're building this technocratic infrastructure. Uh, the other thing is that if the data centers are out floating in the middle of the ocean, it makes it a lot more difficult for, let's say, a, a Ted Kaczynski Unabomber type or maybe the guy that uh, tried to blow up ATT in Nashville on Christmas of 2020. Uh, I had a special guest over at Thomas Paine Podcast when that happened, a gentleman I knew who was doing some construction down in that area where that occurred. That was the first time I heard about smart poles because there was one on the street near where this bomber blew up the building. We'll get into that story eventually on this show. Maybe I'll get uh, the gentleman on that I introduced to Mike Moore. But uh, if they're out in the middle of the ocean, it becomes a lot more difficult uh, for a Ted Kaczynski type, for someone trying to fight a revolution against the system. If you're going to go head-to-head with Skynet and you're going to start trying to take out some of the Terminator technology, it becomes a lot more difficult if these things are floating, you know, 50 miles off the coast out in the middle of the ocean. So I would imagine... That is part of it, folks, because as I've said on the show, the silver lining in all of this is that the technocratic prison planet is a paper tiger in the sense that it all operates on technology. That's what connects everything together. The Internet, whether that's coming in the form of old telecom cables, you know, uh, phone line cables, fiber cables, if it's being sent through the airwaves in the form of 5G and Wi-Fi 
or coming through satellites like Starlink or whatever. It is a system that operates completely and solely on technology and energy. Folks, when I get back, we're going to finish this up. I'll be right back. This is Dust of Gold with the Dust of Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 